The Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast is sponsored by Prairie Care. You know, going through the process of getting help with your mental health can be very overwhelming. I definitely know that from firsthand experience. Prairie Care can help guide you through it and get you in touch with the help that you need. They've been offering mental health services to all ages in the Twin Cities of Minnesota since 2005. Whether you're looking for clinical services, a specialty outpatient program, or a more intensive level of care like inpatient treatment, Prairie Care has you and your family covered. Visit prairie-care.com to learn more. That's prairie-care.com. Hello there, my friends, and welcome into another episode here of the Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast. My name is Brian Pyatt, and so, so happy that you're here. want to welcome you in, holding space, as always, for however you are showing up right here, right now, in this moment. And looking forward to this episode here today, um, I am coming off having quite the cold, as I know a lot of us have been maneuvering out there, and totally lost my voice this week. My voice is starting to come back slowly but surely. So I'm going to make this introduction very short while my voice holds on tight here, thanks to cough drops and a little throat coat tea, but want to introduce what we're talking about here this week. Diving into a conversation around the process of creating space and feeling and expressing our emotions, which, as we'll get into in this conversation, I think is some of the most courageous, deep, challenging work that we can do. Oftentimes, feels very simple to say, yeah, let's just lean into our emotions And it's definitely a whole other process of truly stepping into and and doing that. So we have the the wonderful Dr. Anastasia Ristow joining us once again this month on the podcast. Dr. Ristow, for those of you who are not familiar, is a licensed psychologist and director of psychotherapeutics at Prairie Care. And we talk in here about a whole host of things including trusting the process of leaning into an emotion, holding space for others as they maneuver their emotional landscape, and and so much more. I really hope that there's something in this conversation, my friends, that serves you. I encourage you to take what serves you, and as always, just go ahead and leave the rest. So let's begin. Be really gentle with you out there, one moment at a time, sending love to each and every one of you, and let's begin. Well, hello there. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Good. Here I am asking you the same question. It's true. Starting off with the how are you? I mean... we. I'm not sure how else we could start it off. <laughs> and um, it's funny with recording a podcast, I'm always like, I'm going to think of a different way to introduce something that I do all the time. <laughs> Same old 
<laughs> way every time. Just how it goes. You know, but maybe there's some comfort in that for those who are listening to just know that like, like this is you're what setting you're the stage get. in the same way. We'll yep. Keep the expectations consistent. Yeah. Um, what is a little bit different today though is we're both holding some tea, which yes. is very nice. Yes. In our in our Bob mugs. Bob mugs. Our, our one, my wonderful friend Bob Sorg, who makes these amazing mugs. Um, it just feels grounding, doesn't it? It does. It. I was saying earlier, it's it's almost like it. It was made for my hands, and there's no way that it was. But like, it just feels yeah. like home. I actually in my hands gave Bob a, a print of your hand, yeah. and he molded <laughs> molded that mug exactly for your hand. Oh wow! So mission accomplished. I would say so. <laughs> I tell everybody that. that that's what oh happens. man! Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. They don't feel special. Um. Yes, we have tea. We have today. tea today, um, but we're not here to spill the tea. Look at that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We're here to just have some discussion. Some discussion about um, a topic that was once again inspired by one of your friends, yes, Dr. Kim Epting, coming through once again yes. with another topic for the podcast. The amazing Dr. Kim Epting. Yes. Yes. She passed along a TikTok video to you. Yes. Yes. Everybody, mm-hmm. we are, we are, we're going there. We're, we're talking about TikTok. Yes. All things coming from Here TikTok yep. these days. <laughs> it kind of feels like sometimes. It does. But uh, a video that, that she passed along to you, big thank you to Kim for doing that. Um, and then you passed it along to me. And the, the video, it's called Dad Chats. Yeah. Is the name of the, the account. Yeah, who posted it. A dad who who makes videos on TikTok mm-hmm. and put out a really really beautiful video that we actually are going to have in the 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 show notes of of this episode if anybody wants to go listen to it. Um, but it was a, a beautiful video about kind of giving his daughter some permission to feel her emotions. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things in the video. I guess what, what what were some of the biggest things that you kind of took away from from watching it? Yeah, I mean, you could have given me a or, heads up about that, Brian. But I, could you give us a full <laughs> summary, synopsis, in detail? Yeah, no. Transcription. I mean, it, it. First of all, I, I just I love um, I love his style, and um, he captures so well so many things that are common with kids and with parents in general. But in this particular video, um, what stood out was, you know, his daughter was wrestling with a really common social experience that kids have when somebody new enters into the picture and you have kind of your couple of really close friends and now there's a fourth one in the mix and that kiddo of his trying to figure out what she was exactly feeling, wasn't sure if it was jealousy or like, you know, what, and him navigating that with her and helping her to understand that um, it's it's okay to feel what she was feeling and, and helping her name it a little bit. So maybe you're worried about there not being enough friendship for four mm-hmm. of you instead of three of you. And that brought some emotion to her. And, and that kind of moved into this discussion about, you know, um, friendship and love don't have to have boundaries in terms of like, there's not a limit to them, yeah. um, different kind of boundaries than what we often talk about. But, um, so that, that piece really stood out, but then he kind of moved on from that and, and talked about just in general, wondering if we are 
teaching our kids either formally or informally from the different ways that we react and respond to their emotions that they shouldn't have the emotions that they have or that they should have them only to a limited degree. So when they have big feelings, um, you know, that, that, that should only be for a small little snippet of time and then they should magically be able to move on from that. Um, and, and maybe we're doing them a disservice, you know, um, later down the road. And so well done by the way. Well, thank you. Nailed the description. (laughs) So, so again, video, if you want to like go watch this video and like check it out, click on it in the show notes and and you can do that. Um, but so why are we, why are we talking about this? Right? Like, why are we bringing up this, this, um, this TikTok video, a beautiful, beautiful, I think portal into, into the conversation around how many of us and how often most of us are walking around feeling as if what emotions we are feeling like there's not space for it. Yeah. Feeling as if there's not really space in the world for us to truly feel like feel and express and be with what we're feeling in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of us. Mm-hmm. I know it's me. Mm-hmm. Same. I know it's me for sure. Um, and kind of this messaging, right. That we get day in and day out that, um, don't be too much, mm-hmm. right? Like don't be too much that, that sadness or that anger or that, jealousy or like, you know, whatever the emotion is, mm-hmm. um, don't feel it too much. Cause we, we need to keep everybody around us comfortable. Right. Um, and I think it's something that, and he touches on that in this, in this video, it's pervasive, right? It, it's, it's pervasive. And, um, I think that that journey of man, learning how to feel our emotions is such a lifelong process. Well, and not even just feeling them, but expressing them. Expressing it, yeah. Because I think that's the other thing he was pointing out is, um, you know, as humans, we're going to feel a full range of emotions and a full range of intensity of those emotions. But when we believe that that's not okay, we pull them inside, we internalize them, we, Mm -hmm. you know, hide Mm -hmm. from them, we squash them, we do whatever we need to, to maintain this outer sort of level yeah. self that keeps everybody else happy or comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that process of like truly learning how to feel an emotion. Mm-hmm. So let's say that like sadness arises to really let ourselves feel that all the way through until the end Mm-hmm. You know, if we kind of look at emotions as like a wave, right? That like comes in, gets really, really intense. Yep. And then we'll naturally subside if we kind of allow it the space to do to do so. Yeah. That journey of feeling an emotion all the way through, um, it's like some of the hardest work. It is. That we ever learn how to do. Yeah. You know? But it serves a really important purpose. Well, it serves multiple purposes. Yeah. And that's true also not just for those, what people would think of typically as more negative emotions like sadness or anger or jealousy or grief or loss, but also I think on the other end of the spectrum for excitement and joy and love and yeah. surprise. Um, I think 
our society in general is a little more tolerant of mm-hmm. those types of emotions, but even still it, um, I think that's only to a certain degree. Yes. Which, yeah, which, so there's so many different ways we can go with this. Like, yeah. I think for sure, it seems like the messaging that we pick up from a very early age is there's a lot of room for the positive emotions, the quote unquote positive emotions. Like, mm-hmm. yep. Be happy, be joyful, like be pleasant to be around. Yeah. Like those, those are, are very welcomed in our society. Yeah. Generally. Yep. The emotions of the, the more difficult ones to navigate sometimes, right? Like the sadness, the, the grief, the whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, but like we don't want you to have those. So kind of like keep yeah. those a little bit more to yourself, but we only allow the positive ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think that's really new information for anybody no. to hear, but I think it's, it's always a good reminder that like that is, we kind of like accept that as fact, I think a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but man, we are, we doing a disservice to our emotional landscape. Yeah. Like what is that doing to our minds and our bodies having to constantly rein that in and constantly shift from away from what we're genuinely feeling yeah. um, to kind of keep the exterior looking a certain way or sounding a certain way or yeah. alternatively like putting on the presentation of the more acceptable ones, you know, so appearing joyful, jovial, mm-hmm. happy, all of that when inside we're like crushed or something yeah. like that. Um, and there's lots of reasons why that happens. And sometimes that's adaptive. Like sometimes that's what we need to do in certain yeah. situations to kind of get through the situation. But, but ultimately finding a way to, um, to experience the feelings and express the feelings and move through, like you said, the whole wave of them allows our body to recover from all of that mm. as well. And mm. kind of, um, I don't know. I, I think on the outside, if you're with somebody too, it allows you to connect with that person in a very different way than if you're stifling it and hiding yeah. from it and pushing yeah. it away. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing myself like wanting to ask that question of, like, why is it important to feel our emotions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why, 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 why is that a, a healthy thing for us? I mean, there's, you know, in, in there's, gosh, I, there's so many ways I could go. I don't even know where to start with that. That's such a loaded question. <laughs> Unfair. Unfair. Just I'm kidding. just keep putting you on the spot today. No. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, so there's that interpersonal shared experience, the connection with others, there's all of that. But internally, mm. just, you know, maybe starting there, the the whole like stress response cycle and the whole sort of biochemical mm-hmm. process that our bodies go through when we start to activate in some way, if we cut that off prematurely or try to stifle it, avoid it, hide it from it or whatever it might be, it forces our body into a whole different way of being and, and doesn't allow all of the things to, again, just kind of come full circle, um, which brings us to a healthier, yeah. sp- I don't know, space, place of yeah. being physically or whatnot. Um, but emotionally, the other side of it is we sometimes have this belief that if I just kind of cut this uncomfortable feeling off or this really intense feeling off now, I'll feel better. And then like... Mm 
it'll make my life better. And in the moment, even if it feels like that might be true, um, you've now created a situation where like you almost have to heighten your system to that same level again the next time to feel mm-hmm. something to quite the same degree, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, I feel yeah. like I'm not getting the words out the way that I would like to, but no, you totally are. And yeah. it, and I'm, and I'm starting to think of like, what are the different ways that we all kind of cut off those emotions, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways that, that starts to happen. Yeah. Something that I've really resonated with and I love talking about is how much, um, a lot of us, myself included, are really, really, really good at intellectualizing our emotions Yes. yes versus yes. feeling our emotions. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I think I've touched on this on the podcast before, but, um, I remember that being such an aha thing for me and in my own life when I started to realize, wow, I am, I could sit down and like talk about sadness Mm -hmm. until the cows come home. Yeah. All day. I could intellectualize the heck out of that. Sure. And have all these really beautiful things to say about sadness. And yet to sit down and feel sadness, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh wait, I like, I'm not as good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. And so that has, that has been, I don't know, you know, just for anybody who's listening, if, you know, I I share that to, to let you know that you're not alone, if you resonate with that, um, I think that's one of the ways that myself and I think many of us start to, to not feel stuff, feel our emotions as we jump up into our head yeah, and we ruminate about our emotions and we think about it and we try to like logically make sense of all of it instead of really connecting into the body and feeling what's there. Yeah. Yep. So when we're thinking about it, intellectualizing it, trying to like peel back the layers of the onion to make sense of it or like try and decide what's going to happen next or what is this going to be? Why is that happening or all of that? It's, it moves us into a safer space very likely for many people. Um, it keeps us feeling more comfortable Mm -hmm. versus having to like be in the emotion and, um, you know, helps us feel maybe less judgment from the people around us as well um, who might be witnessing potentially those emotions coming out. Um, But the thing that's so interesting is when we're in the midst of like as that wave is building and often even like as it's getting maybe to the height, we don't know that. We don't know that it's reaching its maximum point. Um, And so we, it's very common for folks to think this is never going to get better. This is, Oh my gosh. Like when is this going to end? It's never going to end. I'm Mm -hmm. always going to feel this way. Life is going to be horrible or whatnot and turn into like this whole cascade of, yeah, you know, a whole nother pathway of, of things. And, and fact of the matter is that our bodies are not designed to sustain any kind of intense emotion for, any significant length of time, Mm. you know? So Mm -hmm. feelings of panic, for example, typically peak at 20 minutes. Even if the experience may last much longer, the peak is much shorter than we would think. Mm. Um, And if we can figure out a way to just not have to know and not have to peel back the layers of the onion, but literally like, all right, can I lay on the raft and just float and ride this wave and feel what I feel and let it out how I need to let it out, that will allow me to experience then the full 
calming down of that same wave and know that I'm okay and know that actually mm-hmm. that really cleansing sort of yeah. breath of fresh air that can come once you've experienced and let out that full yeah. emotional Ex, you know, so, yeah. situation or yeah, feeling. and I'm and I'm hearing too like there's a lot of trust involved in this, right? Like trusting that it's not going to be that way forever. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start to lean into, especially if this is feeling like a newer process to somebody of like truly r- starting to ride that wave, yeah, and, go, and going on the journey, yeah, of the emotion, there is an element of like, whoa, like you know, can I really trust that if I go into this, it's going to subside at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's kind of, uh, takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to start truly feeling what's, what's present in our bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean it, and the trust too is just in knowing, trusting yourself a little bit to know that, um, how you think it's going to mm. look or feel as you come through that wave may be different. Totally. So our anticipation, our expectations, like we almost have to let go of those a little bit too and it's trust so that true. that's going to be okay. Cause our brain probably has a really elaborate story on the front <laughs> end of that emotion of what's going to happen if we go into it. Yeah. And probably telling you some very not pleasant things about if I, if I go on this ride, yeah. Like, what's this going to look like on the other end? Mm-hmm. And yet there is no way to know until you're truly in that space Yeah, of being on the other side of it. Or maybe it's, you know, you've been sent messages throughout your entire life or you've interpreted those messages, even if they weren't meant this way, your entire life that if you allow yourself to feel and express strong emotions that people aren't going to take you seriously or people Mm. are going to think you're crazy Mm -hmm. or people are going to think that you're unstable or like whatever it might be. All of that can arise in those moments of even the beginning of the wave that can, you know, steer us in a different direction, but then experimenting a little bit to see like, maybe it is possible for this to go a different way than I think. And things can be okay. to pull another little nugget from the, the video that we were talking about. Um, you know, this, this concept of how, how we're kind of led to believe, I think with emotions that we're going to like have the emotion and then it's going to be done. And then we're going to like put it in the little box and it's going to be on the shelf and we're going to be done with it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we expect that a lot of ourselves. We expect that a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think, can really start to drive home that point, right? Of um, strong emotions are only really, if they're tolerated, they're only tolerated for a certain amount of time. Yeah. It's like, and I think, I think you talked about how they have a shelf life. Yeah. And so, and the, which is, you know, my gosh, I mean, I'm thinking about somebody who's maneuvering grief, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grief does not have a shelf life. No. That is something that is a ongoing journey that's going to ebb and it's going to flow and yeah. it's going to surface when you don't want it to surface. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, one of the, one of the greatest gifts that we can, can give another human being is um, a safe space to be with those, with those things, no matter how long it's been. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, um, I, I think sometimes we wonder what's wrong with me if we feel like we've had that feeling or we've gone through that grief or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And then it bubbles back up. And, you know, again, sometimes we compare ourselves to what we see on the surface in other people's lives and from other people. And we assume that they're a little bit more um, contained with yeah. their own emotions. So therefore I should be as well. And it really is true. Um, every single person is so different. And I think it would almost be, I'm not even sure if it's possible for a human being to have an emotion about a certain situation only once right? and not have, especially a significant situation or a significant emotion. Yeah. Um, and then we know for kids, particularly the way that their brains work too, they, truly have feelings that come in little spurts and it can be really tough for adults to understand Mm. um just when we think you know they've kind of dealt with whatever it is it comes up in lots of different ways and often through their play or you know it just comes and goes yeah that's one thing i was thinking about too just a little bit ago when you were talking is like for those of you out there who are parents Boy, if you ever want an exercise in figuring all of this out, it's, mm-hmm. you know, in parenthood, it will push you to over and over and over again. Yeah. Have to figure out that wave, not just for yourself, but also with your kids. Mm. Um, so, you know, I was thinking about as I was watching that TikTok, just how many times our kids have emotions and we are with them. And so like if you're in a public situation and your kiddo starts to have, let's say a meltdown, especially when they're little, but even if they're not little, there is this like pressure. I think that we, whether it's real or not, that we feel like we, we should be able to get that in check real quick. Mm -hmm. It's like our responsibility somehow to like (laughs) zip that up for the kid, kid, you know? And Um, so there's, there's all of that. And then, you know, even if you're not in a public situation, your kid is having a really tough experience where they're just emotionally in pain. It's Mm -hmm. so painful. Mm -hmm. And this is probably also true, not just for parents, but as a friend or as a a partner or as a sibling, um, as a child for our own parent, you know, like when somebody we love or care about is experiencing emotional pain, Mm -hmm. it is also painful for us in a different way. And sometimes we want to be able to fix that. Yes. Um, and sometimes we feel like the way to fix that is to like figure out how to button it up, zip it up real quick. Um, it's the harder path is to stay present with those emotions, whether with yourself or with somebody Mm -hmm. else and to move through that with them and just feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause isn't it, it's interesting how there's, um, you know, there, there, there can be that, um, that moment, I think when we start to see like maybe another human being start to get emotional mm-hmm. where, where there is a level of discomfort there. Yes. Right. There's kind of this moment of like, Oh boy, this is new. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and like you said, I think that, yeah, the, the real work, right. Is like learning how to just stay in that discomfort yep. with that, with that person. Yeah. Not hurrying them through that or trying to control that for them. 
but really just being with them, witnessing whatever emotion it is that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think about, this, is, this came up in our, our grad school um, program from time to time, that whole thing of like, when somebody starts crying, how often do we just hand t- grab tissues and hand it to them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think is definitely a well-intentioned thing, but sometimes can kind of send that message. Like I've heard people say that starts to feel like they're telling me I need to shut down my tears. Yeah. Like, dry cl- it up. Clean up Here your you tears. Go. Clean up your tears. <laughs> yep. You know, um, <laughs> and not that it's a bad thing to do that. Right. Like I know a lot of us do that very well intentioned, but, um, it's all, yeah, it's like all these like little, just subtle things that are just planted yeah. day to day that, that really do just drive home that message of let's wrap this up. Yeah. This is uncomfortable. When really, like sometimes people might actually be thinking, "Oh, I'm I, I want to comfort you, and this and Kleenex ex- is, yes. you know." But like, what does that feel like? We don't know. Like it, it yeah. really could subconsciously, unconsciously, whatnot feel like that mm-hmm. message of, "Okay, are you almost done? Could you dry this up? You yeah. know, whatnot." Yeah. I mean, and to this day, I mean, here I am, fifty years old. I'm a mom of two middle schoolers. I've been in this practice as a psychologist for, I've been licensed for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this stuff a long time. And to this day, I still have to mentally coach myself in those moments when I'm sharing space with somebody having an emotion mm. because I want to, like, I will almost always think, what can I say? What can I do to, and for me, it's yeah. usually I want to comfort. I want to like, fix I want to mend I want to help but I have learned that there are Mm -hmm. times where that's really meaningful and important but the vast majority of times what really is the most powerful is to just stay in the space with them and stay uncomfortable and not Mm. have a solution not have the thing to say not like relieve ourselves of that pressure and you'd think it would be that easy of just being like oh yeah I don't have to have the pressure of knowing but like my urge is yeah, that's just me. But but that's profound, you know, right? Like, and what a beautiful share that you're, you're somebody who does this for a living, right? Like, yeah, and, and have been doing it for a really long time. Yeah, and there's still that kind of physiological response sometimes. Yes, literally just last night with one of my kids. I won't say which one in case they hear this someday. I don't want them to be embarrassed, <laughs> but like, because again, they're middle schoolers, yeah. so emotions are hard, and there are plenty of them of after a sporting activity. There were some feels uh, on the drive home, which is kind of my favorite time, believe it or not, to like have as a parent mm-hmm. to like, those are the opportunities when the emotions are big to just like let it be there and to yeah. be present. And I had to tell myself, don't do it, don't do it. Cause I wanted to be like, well, maybe this or maybe that, or mm-hmm. I wonder if you could do that, you know? And, and instead I just took a breath and I just let myself feel how hard it is to see my kid in pain. And I just said, wow. It sounds really hard. That's really frustrating. And I just patted their knee a little bit and kept driving and kept talking, you know? Mm. So like, I'm not saying that I'm perfect or doing it right all the time or whatever. There is no right or wrong, but the value of doing that with and for each other far outweighs um, having the right answer or saying the right thing or, and, and that's true for ourselves too. Like we don't need to zip it up or button it up. I know. It's okay to feel what we feel. And I think too, sometimes I, I, I find myself very curious about that dynamic of like my, my ability to sit with my own emotions 
Mm-hmm. Is a direct co- correlation to my ability to sit with somebody else's emotions. Mm. So Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm always like curious about that too. Yeah. Like if I'm really at a place where I'm feeling like more open to my own internal landscape, mm-hmm. that that oftentimes I find translates to how I can hold space for other people. So it all starts with it. It really does, I think, start within. Yes. Um. And then it kind of ripples out from there. So you know what that makes me think about is the times when we are, you know, when there's a lot going on and we're not tending to our own self-care and we're not tending to our own emotions and and it's just sort of piling up. Mm -hmm. We're squashing, we're internalizing, we're like stuffing, we're avoiding. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but for me, those are the times when I have much less capacity and space to be present with another person's. Totally thoughts, feelings, whatever it might be. Um, and almost every time those are the times where later I'm just like, Oh mm-hmm. darn, you know, totally. like I'm bummed about it cause yeah. you can see it afterwards, but in the midst of it, it's just, yeah, you don't, I think you're totally right. Yeah. And I think it's when I'm more apt to, um, I don't know, become more judgy of other people or mm-hmm. become more, Mm-hmm. highly critical of other people and not, mm-hmm. you know, just, I'm, I'm just not able to access as well. I think that like space within, of just like allowing what is to be mm-hmm. like when I'm not taking care of myself. Yeah. It's really hard to show up in a compassionate space. Totally. For, for others. I find at least a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're starting to kind of wrap up sort of, we'll see how long, maybe we'll talk for another 40 minutes. Three hours later. (laughs) As we wrap up again. Um, I I wanted to, this came to mind early on um, and I wanted to come back to it. You know, I was talking about how there's, there's oftentimes more space for the, the quote unquote positive emotions. Yeah. I also think it's, it's, something to note as well um how difficult that can be also for some of us to allow ourselves to feel our own joy and Mm -hmm. our own happiness Mm -hmm. like i think sometimes even learning how to feel those can feel really really scary um yeah i've been realizing that a lot is for some reason i i think of um i think of like the lgbtq plus community which is a member of the, the community that I'm, I identify with and being a, a gay man and having parts of me as a kid, right? Like when I was younger, that was um, loved to dance and was very expressive and maybe a little bit more like on the flamboyant side, right? Yeah. Things that I just kind of, that were very inherently part of who I was. I loved theater. I loved, I was in like hip hop dance class. Loved doing that as a kid. Oh, fun. Right. And like the world slowly, slowly, slowly starts to tell you Mm -hmm. as a gay man, Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's not normal. Boys don't do that. Yeah. And so I, so I think it's it's also just something interesting to note that on the flip side of that, um, man, that's been a whole journey for me to learn how to like just express my own joy. Like that feels foreign and scary too. Oh, so um, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, but, um, 
I think it's, it's, um, yeah, just learn, learning how to feel and be with what is arising within us moment by moment mm-hmm. is quite the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, there's, thank you for, for sharing that. I have to feel like there are people out there who are, that's going to really resonate with them too. And, yeah. and, um, I'm just thinking of all the different layers to that experience. Um, but even in general too, it, you know, when, when we, um, when we're just told over and over again by different sources around us that what we're doing is not okay or not normal or like the generalization of like, boys don't do that and girls don't do that, you know? So for, um, for, you know, females that might be having any kind of strong emotion and letting it out in any kind of way is like aggressive or not okay. Or, you know, girls don't do that. Like there's that, gosh, we really could do a whole yeah, And then we start right. And then we start to, we start to kind of dim our own light or kind of hold ourselves back. Yeah. Once again, in the service of, in the, in the interest of trying to make other people around us more comfortable. Right. You know, I don't want to be too, I don't want to be too much. I don't want to be too expressive because that's going to make other people feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to just like fall in line to what everybody else is doing around me. Mm-hmm. And then we can only do that for so long. Right. Before eventually it's like, who the heck am I? <laughs> you know, like what am I doing yeah. living for all these other people? So, yeah, I feel like it creates a little bit too of this like hyper sensitivity to um, worrying about how our what we're doing and what we're feeling and how yeah. we're expressing is impacting everybody else around us. Cause I, I'm even thinking mm-hmm. about like the messages of, um, you know, can I be feeling a lot of joy or happiness about something when maybe the person next to me is grieving and sad yeah. and upset and like, Oh, am I going to, you know, is it okay for me to mm-hmm. feel what I'm feeling? And, and yes, like, we want to have, I mean, gosh, here we are talking about how do we have more compassion and space for that and yeah. empathy and whatnot. But at the same time, how do we become okay with um, knowing that sometimes expressing what we're feeling is just not going to be okay with somebody else or is just not yeah. going to be comfortable for somebody else. And like, yeah, how can we be true to ourselves and not have to stifle? Totally. Um, you know, how can we be that kid who wants to just dance and be expressing themselves in that way without worrying about whether it's a should or shouldn't or can't or, you know, there's a, um, there's a thing locally. I think I've, have I told you about dance church? Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The community in, in Minneapolis that, um, meets regularly on Sundays and, for basically for two hours, you listen to music and you, it's like free flowing dance movement. Love it. The only rule is you can't talk to each other, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps my social anxiety a little bit at bay, but, um, well, and it probably forces you not to intellectualize 100% because it gets you into your body. Yep. Right. And mm-hmm. so like that has been, I've been doing that a lot over the last, um, year or so and that has been so healing to like kind of learn how to tap into that part of myself a little bit that has been shut down for a long time it's fascinating there's you know for folks out there who are listening i mean there's there are oodles of um 
like there's fields out there of study about this kind of thing. Mind body medicine is one that has lots of research out there of just, you mm-hmm. know, different ways of moving your body and the release of emotions that you get when you allow yourself to do that without yes the words, without talking. And even some people will have, I mean, there's all kinds of like somatic massage mm-hmm. and things like that. People will have emotional reactions to their body being touched in certain ways too. But, you know, mm-hmm. shaking your body in a certain way yeah. will often make people just feel very strong yeah. emotions of the full range, you totally. know, or dancing for sure. And yep. it's really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we, as we do officially wrap up, is there anything that you're taking away from this? Anything that you, you kind of want to end on or, or mention or anything that you didn't get a chance to say? Um, I don't think I don't not offhand. I mean, in terms of anything I didn't get to say, I think what I'm still thinking about is just, you know, being, being mindful of not only tending to our own emotional experiences and, and allowing ourselves to create some spaces where we can, feel what we feel and allow ourselves to move through that whole entire wave uh, to see it kind of come full circle, but also um, tending to others and allowing them like really intentionally creating some genuine opportunity for folks to feel what they need to feel and help them to know that you're there with them in whatever it might be. Um, That it serves a purpose Yep. And when it feels like it's too much, know that it's not forever. It's only going to last for a little while and and you are stronger than you think, you it's know. The truth. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for all that you shared in this in you this episode well. and um yeah, my friends, be gentle with yourselves out there and we just keep riding the waves, right? Yeah. So I love that like we're all we're all on our our own surfboards and just doing the best we can sometimes we're falling all over over the place and getting swept under and sometimes we have those moments where we're like oh my gosh i'm doing it yeah you know yeah and we we just hold space for all that yeah all kinds of i love how you said that surfboards you know body boards there's different shapes and sizes and lengths and colors and like yes. we're all riding them lots of different ways and experiencing like, all the different things sometimes we're sitting on the beach and we're just like yes. i have no energy for this right now <laughs> yeah sit here and soak in the sun and have and, a cocktail and ultimately we're you know maybe we're all in the same ocean and on the same beach you know totally. just figuring it out in a different way totally all right let's go to the beach Sweet. That would be awesome. I'll I'll meet you there. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Also, just a reminder that this podcast is not meant to replace work with a therapist. And so if you feel you need it, I encourage you to reach out to a trained mental health professional. All right. We'll talk soon.